What can we offer you for what you have done? Today, before your sins on earth, I look at the key to the heart of the Father. It is the same key that the Father has given to mankind. For it is written, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17 of John 3 says, says, For God did not send his child to the world, his son to the world, that he may condemn the world, but that the world may be saved through him. And so, Lord, we thank you for your agape love. That is a love without condition. The love that you have for unformed things. Before we were made, and you breathe your breath into our nostrils, you loved us. Why would God love this world so much? Why doesn't God just destroy this world because of the sins they have committed? It's only one reason. Because this is the only planet on earth that have your image living on them. You did not create your image to live in Venus or Pluto. You did not create your image to live in Jupiter or the sun. You created everything. All creation were made by you. None of them was made in your image except man. And because it is only the planet Earth that you have placed man upon, so you love the Earth so much. To the place where you have to give yourself and the person of your son to come and redeem back your image to you. For your eternal purpose for mankind has not, will not, and cannot change. And we just bless you because you counted us worthy to be part of this end time plan. Even Lord, as we look into the perfect word and the law of God, Holy Spirit of God, carry us by your wind to the heart of the Father. You have fortified us for four months. In prayer, in teaching, in grooming, we are full of you. Let unction rest upon everyone under my voice today, that all the deposits you have put in for the past four months begins to manifest. We have seen testimonies, but we are entering to manifestation. These I ask, thank you because you have heard me. As I ask this in Jesus, only an anointed name. Amen. Please be seated. We are so grateful to God for what God has done. For this earth had never seen before such a shaking that has passed through the earth recently. On the ripples of which we can still see upon the face of the earth now. But in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. Because The advantages that we have gotten from COVID is more than the disadvantages. Let me tell you one of the great advantages of COVID. It made death more real and conscious in the souls of every human being. People who believe that they can just keep on living their life anyhow, whatever may be, may be. When COVID stormed the earth, it was like a joke. And when people began to die in alarming rates, the first thing that happened to whole mankind was dread. And among the whole mankind, either Christian or non-Christians, those who were able to get out of that dread because it became so frightening, those who were able to get out of the fright, of the fright, and able to take their stand against the odd are those who are born of God. Because those who are born of God have no fear of death. Death is the destiny of all men. We live to die. We do not live forever on earth. But our life begins after death, which is eternal. Either eternal with God or eternal in hell. No purgatory. It does not exist. 
No middle ground. And so, those who died were dying. Among those who died are saints of God too, who God called to rest straight away. Among those who died are many who do not know him, but they are facing him right now. No opportunity to come back and rethink. However, these threats woke up the sleeping giants. And people began, who know God, began to seek God more and deeper. The fact that we could not meet in church temples for three months, it sent everyone to become innovators who are church people. Ministers became engineers and computer scientists. And everybody began to research on how we can reach the whole community of God and reach them effectively. And really, some of us looked at reaching them more effectively. Then we looked at how we can ex- extend a sphere of, of influence. That is, from my internal sphere of influence, we have been talking about external sphere of influence. How can we reach them? And we succeeded. We started our prayer with just about averagely. Our daily prayer is started by about averagely uh, two times for about seven, eight hundred people. In a short time, you see, when it went over a thousand. And currently, as I'm speaking to you right now, as our, our statistics of Sunday has run over three thousand. That has happened. We hit that by the month of uh, end of April when I began to look into eschatology. And we are looking into the coming of the Lord. We are looking into the book of Revelation, one chapter after the other. And now it's spreading all over the whole world. That is a great advantage because God had taken the church out of the building to reach the whole, the ends of the earth. Second thing to that, or in line with that, is the fact that God took the church there are a good number of Christians who only pray at home once in a day. Now prayer, God took the church and he planted them in every family. You know, I've been telling you that home group means you, your family, and the immediate people around you. Home group system is not families traveling 15 minutes to reach the place to discuss. No, that's not home group. That's a church. But home group was that the, the, in the book of Acts chapter, chapter 2 from verse 42, it said they devoted themselves to apostles' teaching, to breaking of bread, and to home. I, to, I remember that sometime last year I was telling you that what could happen if we are not able to meet in church any longer? One of the days God was telling me about the new beginning, though we would not have persecution. I told you, what about if persecution arose in England too? And we cannot meet in buildings. Will, will, will God still have a church called Christ with Tabernacle? And now we have proved it. Yes. That absence in the, of the building or in the building is not absence from God. And we have taken CFT Church into all houses. So my vision for home group was fulfilled. I can say for the first time. Because every house had the voice. Not only that, some in their offices turned it to church. Because they were in the office, they were connecting, we were praying, they were praying. Interesting, if I have told the hospital before that let's start a prayer group, they will say, what are you talking, we don't want religion. Now, many hospitals now have prayer fellowships. People who do not believe in God will join the nurses and doctors to pray before they go into the COVID room. Because COVID does not respect any man's thought or dignity. He entered the palace of the queen. He entered 10 Downing Street. He went to the ghetto. He went to the old people's home. He went from house to house, except those that God spared. And so people have to pray. And your houses now have become better. It's interesting how God played the, the game. <laughs> he started praying, 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 and then he led us into recognizing that what happened here. Anoint the house. And it became better of God. And then, every one of us who have been committed selflessly into this activity, you will discover one thing, agree with me, that we have known the word of God deeper. Every area that is shadowed before, straightened. 
then we have grown in God deeper. Not only that, we have grown stronger. We have increased in the gift of heaven. And we are hearing testimonies that are mind-blowing. When people are losing jobs in the midst of us, we are getting jobs. When people are, are you know, those who went to, who, are, who was attacked, only three members of this church in my notice, we prayed them out and they were all here. Back at home. From, from ICU, back to, to God, to church. And God healed them completely. Not, they didn't have any scar in their in those treatment because some people who went to ICU they have scar they couldn't recover for two years and stuff like that it does not happen to any one of our members we prayed God took them out and they were there really one of them <laughs> one of them I will let him come and give his testimony his testimony is strange that young man very strange man <laughs> hospital have to send him out because he continued to shout there in the ICU. I want to, I can breathe. Why do you bring me here? And he was filming it as he was shouting to them. He said, they brought me to this room to come and die. I'm not going to die here. I don't belong to the place where people die. Take me out of this hospital. They said, we're going to call the security. He said, let the security come and meet a man who has COVID. <laughs> Hallelujah. He was even himself. I have to calm him down that, bro, your faith is solid like iron, but be calm. <laughs> the second day they discharged him, he was totally healed. Now, therefore, we have come to this place. I've been teaching you about the secrets of the book of Acts. But I promised you I will teach you about the secret, the key to the heart of the Father. And that is what I will discuss with you right now. I will finish it today. I won't take this, you know, for further discussion. But I will give you scriptures. What can man do to win the heart of God, the Father? You know, when you meet, and I tell you too, when you hit that level and you win the heart of the Father, what will happen to you when you do that? We know that God has given us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is God in the Spirit that gives us gifts and blesses us with manifestations. The scripture from where this discussion arises is from the book of First Corinthians, chapter thirteen. While we are studying First Corinthians chapter thirteen, I read from verse one to the thirteen verse. It says, "If I speak, I'm reading from the NIV, please. If I speak in the tongue of men." And of angels, but have not love. I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have, and if I have faith, a faith that can move mountain, but have not love, I am nothing. This is Paul writing. Verse 3 says, if I give all my possessions to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Now, if you look at this, therefore, there are some in Christendom who always read this and say that you don't need gifts. What you need is love. But they didn't read the scriptures. Because the scriptures is not saying the gift is obsolete. This scripture is not spoken to obsolete the functioning of the Holy Spirit. It's not spoken to discourage Christians from attaining higher heights in God. In the name of this um, sensual type of love they are talking about. It's not given for anyone to... Because... Anyone, because if, you, if somebody has a particular manifestation or gift by, by God's grace, it is not meant for you to discredit that person because you don't have it. No, that's not what he's talking about. Because let me help you know this. Now, the first thing is that he said, if I speak in tongues hmm, of men and angels, but if I don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. So underline tongues. Second thing he says, if I have the gift of prophecy... And can fathom all mystery and all knowledge. That's interesting. So prophetic spirit gives you knowledge, of course. 
Because knowledge is revelation. Hidden of me. His mystery revealed is knowledge. And if I have faith. Mine. That I can move mountains. But have not love, nothing. No love and nothing. Then he went further to say. Even if I give to the poor all the time. I can give my eyeball for people. Okay. If I can give. If I give all my possession. I become totally you know, poor. I have, I'm a billionaire. I give every penny out. And I don't have anything. Then if I surrender my body. Somebody says that accept Jesus. Uh, uh, confess Jesus or I kill you. I say I will stand with Jesus. And you behead me. Or you, you shoot me. Or you burn me alive. Okay. For God. But have not love. Have nothing. Therefore, who is free from this? None. So someone cannot say to me, because when we talk about, in the other translation, it says that charity. Charity does not mean benevolence. No, it means love. Benevolence is different from love. This scripture helped me know this, that you cannot preach in the gift of the Spirit, but you don't have love. You can have solid faith that miracles will happen through you, but you don't have love. You can see vision and trance and all stuff, but you don't have love. You can be the greatest giver to the poor on earth. Every when here there's a need in India, you send money. There's a need in Africa, you send money. There's a need in in uh, Japan, you send money. There's a need in Afghanistan, you send money. However, seventy percent of the money you send to those people don't reach them, because some empire used those money for maintenance, and what reached the people are less than ten percent. All right. If you do all those things, you may do them without love. Now. What is love therefore? I'm not reading the next one. What is love? Let me just explain it. Maybe I will break my word that I will have to separate this teaching. Just for two, two areas. I want to deal with those first verses. Those, the, the, firstly, I want to deal with verses 1 and 3. Okay? Not going to the definition further. What is love? There are two kinds of love that you find in the Bible. The first love is the agape love, which is the love of God to mankind. When I was praying, I spoke about that, that God loved the whole world so much. He loved the world before he created the world. He loved mankind before mankind was made. The reason why God loved mankind is because mankind is the only creature made in his image. Angels are not the image of God. God didn't make angels in his image. He didn't make anything in his image. All planet galaxies that God created, it's only the earth that have God's image. All those people saying that they are going to space to look for alien, they will find alien when they die. They are in hell. Yeah, alien, you want to know alien? When they die, you find them in hell. The people who are alien are those who are alienated from the kingdom of God. Satan is just given that word to to arrest human beings after they died. But I told you that you are an alien. God created man only on planet earth. Let me help you further. So the love of God to man is a love that God had before creating man. And we call that agape love. That is a love without condition. It's not a preconditional love. But the second kind of love is the love that God commanded man to have towards him. People have spoken about the love God has for you. And they have not spoken about the love that you must have towards God. If he gave you, blesses you, gave you money, helped you. When you grow up and you are able to earn, what do you do? You want to reciprocate. Are we together now? And the loss of this world is... Zero, one. That is one or zero. Yes or no. That is what you have on earth. Every man can receive the love of God. Not every man can, can give their love to God. Some of us give our love to pop idols. We give our love to games. We give our love to various things. People chose several things to give their love to. Understanding that the love of God for us... It's different from the maternal love, which we have for our husband or our wife or our children. You will agree with me. When you are a, a, a young man or a young woman, 
you have parents, you love your parents so much. Until somebody intercepts that love, that you now turn that love towards the person. And you call that person eventually your husband or your wife. And it seems as if that is the all in your life. You will soon recognize that in the short time, that love will produce some human beings. And the moment those human beings begin to be produced, the love you thought you have for your husband, your wife, will begin to be contested by some other creatures, human beings, that you gave back to through that love, the result of your love. To the place whereby you will discover that your attention is not divided between the one you profess to love with all your heart, which without anybody, that was all. And then you will discover that that is how you did also to your parents when you invaded the family. And then those who will grow up and they give back to other children and then your love will now begin to, 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 to split down. You call them grandkids. And if you live longer, you come to a place whereby you will love your great-grandchildren, but you are not able to act the love. Because you are frail. That is different from the love to God. However, this love to God has similar factors with the love to man. If you have fallen in love with man before, all the credentials of that is part of your love for God. Except that for man you love, you disobey. You have your will sometimes to contest their decisions. But the love to God, you cannot disobey. That is the major significance. The major difference. A God that loves you pre-birth commands you to love him. And what is love for God therefore? Let's see that for a few minutes. If you look at, let's look at the book of Luke 10, 25. It says on this occasion, that is, we're looking at the love of man towards God. It says on this occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Then Jesus said, what is written in the law? He replied, this lawyer. How do you read it? Understand two things. What is written and how do you read it? What God is, uh, what love is, and how you define it. There are two different things. You, have, you may have definition of love, which is different from what is written. And that is the majority of people on earth. That's the reason why I started with you that <clears throat> if you look at the first three verses of First Corinthians 13, it, it, it looks like conflict. Alright? But really it's not conflicting. It is, a, it, it, is, it, is, it is very, very straightforward because if you have faith, if you have gift of prophecy, if you have knowledge, if you have, uh, you know, this tenacity with God, if you, if you can give your body to be born for God, you can, you can give all your money, you're very hilarious and benevolent, you can cast out devils, you can get, do miracles and people can be healed. Those things came by a degree of love towards God. Because those things don't go to people who don't love God. They don't go to God-haters. However, there are higher dimensions a man can go in God where God will say, this is my beloved son in whom I will please. And that is the love we are talking about. The level of love of loving God generally is, it can only be attained by those who are born again. Those who are born of God love God. Once you are saved, you love God. Every Christian loves God, okay? But that is the first degree of love. That love is not the love that comes by your effort to God. It is the love that came through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit who brought you into salvation. Okay? Recognizing that you are saved from hell. You love Jesus. You worship him. You know, out of love. Some of us weep when we are singing and worshiping him. 
That is a love that the Holy Spirit gave to us. But the love I'm talking about here transcends that. After the Holy Spirit gave you that love, you also have a responsibility before God. That's why Jesus said to that lawyer, you know, what is written? And how do you read it? Verse 27 says, he answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, underlying heart, with all your soul, underlying soul, there are two different things, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Some people look at love your neighbor as yourself and they throw away the other one. And verse 3 obsolete that of 1 Corinthians 13 says, If I give all my stuff to my neighbor and have no love, I'm nothing. <laughs> they turn that love to charity as in interpreted to benevolence. That's not what the Bible is saying. <clears throat> That's why Jesus said that what is written, how you read it is very important. So he says, Jesus answered in 28, you have answered correctly. Jesus replied, do this and you will live. Who? Love who first? The Lord your God. That is the underlying factor. Love the Lord your God because the Lord your God loves you. Let me help you understand these basics. There are things that you demand from God because you believe God loves you. You believe they become rights. Alright? And to God, because He loves you, it has become what is called obligation. And God has to do it because He loves you. <clears throat> but God's love is so sovereign that even when you misbehave, He does not withdraw His love. Because He didn't love you because you are perfect. He knows that you are a fallen man. So that love of God overrides every limitations of flesh or limitations of your sin and everything like that. Because instead of him to be angry with you, he looks at you through the veil of the blood of Jesus Christ. However, you who is a Christian who are born again, you don't even care whether you, you merit what you are asking. Because you are born again, you have the right in God, you are a child of God, you have to ask him that, you have to get it, that, you have to get it, you have to get it, you have to get it. And you got it. So God separated your, your misdemeanor. He separated your, your fault. He separated your, your weaknesses from this love. Now when God now said, love me too. What does he mean by it? Let's look at a few scriptures very quickly. So understand this. If you're a Christian, if you see somebody speaking tongue, reveal something, he, he, he prophesies and all stuff, works miracle, has faith, understand. That does not mean he loved God more than you. It's just the gift that God gave him. God gave, God wired each one of us differently when he created us. So when you get born again, if you continue in prayer regularly, seeking the face of God, all stuff like that, you will unlock what God had put inside you. Ephesians chapter 1, if you read from verse 18, it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that you may know the hope of the calling, the glorious riches of, that of God in the saints, and his incomparably great power for you from verse 19. Who believe? So, you're praying regularly, you're seeking God regularly, we've been doing it for three months, and you have seen results. Some of you are operating in some in manifestation you have never operated before and all stuff like that. So, the gift will come when you seek God. But when you love God, you go to the place of revelations. You go to the place of being brought to the room in the chamber of God. You go to the place where you are a custodian of God's secrets. And that is the height of love God expects from believers. How do we get this love? Let me read it to you. John chapter 14, verse 15 and 16. It says, if you love me, you will do what? Obey what I command. Come on now. (laughs) This is interesting. To God, the love is demanding from you and I. It transcends the love of appreciating salvation. it, It goes beyond the love of, you know, I'm seeking God, I'm seeking God. No, God says, come over to my height. This is the love that I, ha- I want you to have for me. The love of being a custodian of my command. 
the law that you become the law written to the people. You know, if you are a lawyer and you commit some thoughts and you go to a judge or a criminal thing and they bring you before a judge, because you are a lawyer, I'm sure that that judge will close his eyes before he sentences you. Because as a custodian of the law, you know the law. You cannot claim ignorance of the law. And so that is what God is saying here. That look, if you claim to love me, one thing I demand from you, just obey me. Obey me, whether it's difficult or hard. Just obey me. When your adrenaline is being pumped by somebody and you feel like saying something against him, shut your mouth. Because God says don't speak when you're angry. That's the love God is talking about. Somebody who hurts you so terribly that a, a bad thought will come to your mind to wish evil. You rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the love God is talking about. Obey what I command you. Now you know, it says further in verse 16, And I will ask my father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. And the Lord to God have condition. I, I, I spoke to you when I was teaching you in the, in the, during this COVID time. I call it condition precedent. Those of you who did love should understand and remember. If you have not moved into other areas of practice that you didn't forget that, forget that basic. Condition precedent is the condition attached to a promise. God said, love me. If you love me, Jesus said, if you love, if you love me, Jesus said, I will ask my father, I will give you another counselor to be with you. So, a grade of love that we have for him is what gives us the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is the height of love. And if you look at it, the reward that is attached to loving God, like uh, loving Jesus, loving Jesus I begin from, is that my father will love you. If you love the son, the father will love you. The second thing, the Lord will ask the father and he will give you the Holy Spirit. Anybody who loves Jesus, the father will love you. You hate Jesus, the father will hate you. You cannot hate the son and claim you love the father. The second thing is, who is the one that loves God? Who can we define as a lover of God in this height of love? One, it is he that obeys the command of God. And he who obeys the command, the teachings of Jesus. You obey the command of God, that's I love the Lord thy God with passion. And that's I love your neighbor as yourself. And then... Obey the teachings of Jesus. What scripture tells you that John fourteen twenty one it says, Whoever has my command and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. Did you see that now? So many churchgoers will begin to see themselves that you are you falter from that standard. Some of you they have, you have to struggle. You know, when I was teaching you about um, the coming of the Lord, a lot of questions came from all over the world, from theologians and stuff. And the conclusion of the matter was that some of theologians wrote me and said that, look, Apostle Williams, that teaching you gave is the most correct and the strictest teaching about eschatology. He said, because, you know, we know theology, views of this, views of that, all their three views and stuff. He said, but the reason why your lecture on, on the Antichrist and all stuff is so correct is that you did not allude to any inference. Inferences come from men. Oh, the Antichrist, I think, will be a religious leader, a pope. Who told you that? The Bible didn't mention that. Because pope did not exist when the Bible is written. Oh, the, uh, the, the seven horns or the ten horns, they are the European Union. Nonsense. And all those inferences have diverted the heart of man. Because the heart of man loves what is called mystery. And people are not able to know their obligation in the end time. And he said to me that you concentrated on the obligations of believers. That's my business. I don't have business with who is going to be the Antichrist. Let him come from my father's family. Let him come from my backyard. He can come from Bagura or from, from Abulifo. It's his business. 
If the, if the, if the, if the people know how, how deadly my, my, my tribe were, they will have said that the tribe of Egba people, they are the Antichrist who come from there. They are talking about all others that they, they know. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. However, I showed you what is written by Christ and what Christ said at the end. But you see, there are still, it could be possible for some people who have had such to begin to argue that, but what is Apostle saying? But a millennial said this, post-millennial said this, pre-millennial said this. That's what he's saying here. Whoever has my command and obeys them, he don't argue the command of God. He is the one who loves me. Then he says, he who loves me will be loved by my father. I told you, love the son, the father will love you. And I too will love him and show myself to him. Did you see that now? That's why I said to you that when you truly love God, you will go beyond the place of gifts. You will go to the place of sights. You will go to the place of conversation with the Lord himself. You will go to the place where the Father himself will invite you. That you, I, I, I can see your love on earth of my son. Come, come, let me show you things that are hidden to me. That is where every Christian must reach. There is no gift for that. It is the love of your heart towards the Father in obedience. To his command. That's what brings you to that. You may have a pastor who cannot reach there. That does not mean the members cannot go beyond. Because it's an individual thing. Are you with me now? John chapter 14 verse 23 says, Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. Look at this. 14.21 of John. Uh, uh, sorry, fourteen twenty-three. My teaching. Then he said, My father will love him. Twice he has said that in one chapter. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Come on now. Come on now. You have, you have, you have, you have anointed your houses according to the instruction of the father as better. So what do you do now? Those who live in better, obey his command. Those who live in better, obey his teaching. <clears throat> How can you obey the teaching? You read it yourself. You cannot obey what you have not read. The Bible is so small book. You read so many books to, to get graduates, to graduate and stuff. But not the Bible you don't know. A Christian, you love God, read the scriptures. Understand his teaching. Because you can never live the heights you are. You can only be a nominal Christian. You know, taking crumbs that fall from the table. If you do not know the teaching of God, of Jesus Christ. God has revealed himself in the Bible. You don't know the stories of the Bible. You cannot relate one part of the Bible with the other. And then, how can you obey his command? You don't even know the command. How can you follow his teaching? You have never read it yourself. If you hear only on Sunday, and that is the only thing you hear, then you are not a Christian yet. You are trying to be one. I'm not nullifying your salvation. Christian is different from a born again. But born again who were called Christians, were the born again of Antioch, who behaved like Christ. They were like him. You know, you have Corinth, you have Ephesus, they didn't call them Christians. It was from there the standard was set. Understand this. But what do you do for yourself when you follow the teachings of Jesus? The Father will love you. And the Father and the Son will make home with you. He who does, who does not love me will not obey my teaching. So if you say that you, have, you love God, you don't obey his teaching, uh, or, you, or you always say, as far as I'm concerned, or you are puffing about over nothing, you only had one degree, you are puffing about, you had masters, you think that's the end of the world. What will you do when people who have done four PhDs sit before you? They will be looking at you like this. Hmm? There is nothing you have in this world that you will not find somebody who has more than that. A person who loves God does not puff about. He does not, he does not pride in himself, except in the things of the Spirit, which is commanded. He says, he who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my words. They, they belong to the Father who sent me. So three things you got from there. He who loves me, my Father will love Number two, I too will love him and reveal myself, this place of revelation. Number three, we, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
will come to him and make a home with him. And you can just enjoy the felicity of God. If there's any confusion, you can turn and say in your privacy, Lord, what is going on in the world? And he will visit you and tell you. People can be confused. You cannot be confused. And age has no determination because you just studied the boy of 13 who had the voice of God, Samuel. At 13. Other people are doing what they like. 13-year-old boy was sleeping in the temple, seeking the face of God. I can tell you my story from the age of nine. He is God. And we have some kids in the midst of us in CFT who are following that too. Everyone must. Anyone who disobeys my teaching, Jesus said, does not love God. So you cannot say, I love God, when you disobey the teachings of Jesus. How you know you love God is that you know the teachings of Jesus, you obey the teachings of Jesus, and that's it. Verse 15 and 16, if, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, 1 John, 1 John 4, 15 and 16. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. That is you, born again. And so we know, and really, I, we, 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 and so we know, and rely on the love of God, on, on the love God has for us. That is what I explained to you before, that God loves you, he loves all mankind, but when you are born again, he even loves you more. Alright? God is love, and therefore whoever lives in God, whoever lives in love, lives in God and God in him. Does that not give you an understanding of chapter 14 of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1? That you can't get the gift of God without loving God. It says follow the way of love. And I said 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Follow the way of love and you got to desire the gifts of spiritual gifts. Express the gifts of prophecy. Did you get that now? So if this scripture in John tells you that God is love... Whoever lives in love, lives in God, and God in him. That's how you can get the gift of the Spirit. If you look at 1 John chapter 4, chapter 4, verse 20 and 21. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, regardless of what that brother has done, whom he has seen, Cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has, he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must love his brother. Let me say this to you because I'm almost finishing. And for five minutes I'll be finished shortly. You can't say you love God and hate human beings. Let me tell you, I told you this principle. Separate the man from the conduct. Do you know, you remember my words like that? You remember my words like that? You... If you don't have meat of offense, they call it meat of offense, that in your body, there is no part there for offense, then you need to die and let nobody offend you. You know, when you are in grave, even your enemy will come and say, oh, oh my God, <laughs> why did he die? Hmm. Grave is the end of every battle. Even if they come to your grave and say that, we thought you would not die, you should have not died. With all what you have been doing, do you hear them? You don't hear them. So if you are still alive, therefore, listen to me. Man will offend you for the fact that you are breathing. So when people do bad to you, the first thing I would think you do is, that, Lord, I thank you that I'm alive. That's why they have been able to do this to me. Turn it to praise, my friend. Separate the conduct. While we address conduct... And we form opinions and policy from bad conduct and draw a line we cannot go beyond with a person who has bad conduct. Instructed by the scriptures. You say, I have nothing to do with wicked men. I can draw a line that I have nothing to do with you forever. Unless if you repent. That is love. Because I obey the command of God. But I don't hate the person. I still pray for the person. I won't wish evil to the person. Alright? If the person is rejoicing and he calls me that he's rejoicing, I will congratulate him. You have a success, you tell me I'll congratulate you. But that does not mean that I relate with you because my relationship with you, alright, is taking me into evil, which is disobedience to God. So understand when people offend you or do terrible things, separate the man from the conduct. 
That's the reason why if they come back and eventually say, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you will accept them. Now that you are sorry, you accept it. And someone says that, they can Zach, help me with this, twice, twice beaten, once, once beaten, twice. Where, where did you get that from in England, by the way? If they bite you once, how can you shy twice? Three times. Four. Ah. It's not so in my mother's village. Now, let me continue with you. Anyway, I have to repent and be an Englishman. You cannot say to the person who hurt you when he needs help, God serve him right. You can't say that. If you're once beaten twice shy, who, God, who knows what you're talking about? I don't know it. If they beat you once, Jesus says, turn the second cheek. Don't be shy. <laughs> oh my God. So whoever loves God must love his brother. You can't hate people. Don't hate man. Because man is in the image of God. You may hate their conduct, but love the man. He is the image of God. Pray for them who despitefully use you. Psalm, let me now read to you benefits of loving God. Psalm 31 verse 23 we have spoken about one, of course, that if you love Jesus, the Father will love you. If you love the Father and you love the Son, both of them will make their home with you. They will reveal things to you. You will become their parties. They will branch in your house and say, shall we, not hide, shall we hide from uh, Brother Zach what we're about to do in Northampton? And they will tell you that, dude, Northampton is on fire. We are going to visit the place. And you will say, ah, no, Lord, please have mercy on them. Okay, all right. If you see 10 righteous people there, go and say, okay, I will, I will have mercy on them. Because you asked me not to do that, okay, I will withdraw. That is a, a place you must get where you can discuss with God and you can tell God and God will tell you, this is what I want to do. I can say, Lord, please don't do it. Because of your relationship, God will say, all right. Because you said so, I will not do it. And everyone should get there. Number one, Psalm 31 verse 23. Love the Lord, all your sins of God. Why? The Lord preserves the faithful. When you love God, he preserves you. But the proud, he puts back in full. Another benefit of the love for God, that is love towards God. Psalm 145, verse 20. The Lord watches over all who love him. You are guaranteed God's protection. Psalm 145, verse 20. But all the wicked he will destroy. You read it every day now in Christ the Tabernacle, isn't it? Come on now. Psalm 145, verse 20. Number 3, Psalm 91, verse 14 to 16. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. The Lord will rescue you in trouble. If you love him, he will come and fight as big, big, big guy fighting for his own friend. Because you have become a friend of God. I will rescue him. I will protect him. <clears throat> he will protect you. For he acknowledges my name. That is for every Christian. You acknowledge the name of God. That's why you have divine protection. And God has protected us now throughout the COVID uh, season. If any other plague come to the earth, I guarantee you your protection. You must keep in the love of God. You will be protected. He will call upon me and I will answer him. That's why he answers you, isn't it? You pray to him and he answers. I will be with him in trouble. He has done that for you and I all the time because we, we love God through Christ. I will deliver and honor him, deliver him and honor him. Wow, this is interesting. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That now goes to the second category of love, which is obeying my command. What will give you long life is obedience. The first privileges I read, you get that because you love God when you are born again. But the long life is because you obey the command. Then Psalm 97 verse 10. Let those who love the Lord hate evil. This is the conclusion of the matter. Now you have strict command. To show you love God is by your being the command of God. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might. That's number one. Passionately you love God. Sometimes you sing and you weep and stuff like that. That's a passionate love for God. Then go beyond, beyond that. Those who love me obey my teaching. Jesus Christ taught you several things. Obey it. So that you can go to the higher love. And it says that those who love him, my father and I will come and make home with him. So that we can talk and he can talk and we can discuss together. 
Then he says that if you love me, you must hate evil. If your heart still loves to revenge, question your love life with God. Question your love life with God. No matter if somebody beheaded your, your, your child and a person came to you, you must not pray for him to die. You pray for him to be saved. When they were saying that Boko Haram was beheading Christians in Nigeria, you remember what I told you on this pulpit? Let us pray for their salvation. That God will raise a poor. Because Paul was a, a, a witness who murders, who murdered Christians. If they prayed him to die, you and I will not read the epistles today. That is love. Love for God. Love for God. If you love God, you will love his creation. And you will love his creation as God has loved them. Let us, let those who love the Lord hate evil. For he guards the lives of his faithful ones and delivers them from the hands of the wicked. Those who love the Lord must hate evil. The love of God is to hate evil. And then I finish this section. Go now back to your first Corinthians and I will explain that part at the end. Not today, but probably next Sunday. Verse 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I've just explained verses 1 to 3. All what I've been saying for you to understand the reason why 1 to 3 is written such. Jesus said that what is, what is written about love and how do you read it? Important. You get it now? So, he now went for that. Paul went for that. He said, let's talk about what love really definition of love. Or let me say the actions of love. That is somebody who has love, the actions that it will produce. When you get to this height of love I'm talking about, the actions that this love will produce in you. That is what is just written here. Love is patient. It's not just saying love, the definition of love is patient. No, it's not talking about definition here. It's talking about manifestation of love. Because it cannot be defined as many things. Something cannot be defined as many things. There's something can function in many things. So it's talking about the functioning of love. Love is patience. Two, love is kind. Love functions as patience. It functions as kindness. It does not envy. When you have love, people like that don't envy anybody. If anybody is successful, they are happy. They celebrate them. It does not boast. It is not proud. These are the functions you find in somebody who has love of God in them. It is not rude. It respects elders. It respects bosses. Anybody who is in authority respects them. Love is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It doesn't do something because you want to get something back from people. Neither do you give God money because you want to get back from God. All those teachings are of the devil. I'm giving you this, Lord. I'm, 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 I'm placing demand on anointing. Your money is not what will bring anointing. Your seed will not release anointing. It is your love for God and faith in God. When you give, you give in obedience. And you give in love for God. God has done enough for us. If I give you something now, I'm not giving you because I expect you to give me. I'm giving because I appreciate your influence in my life. I would not say that when your father yeah, was doing... Um, uh, 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 what, what did you really? When your, when your father was doing wedding for your uh, sister, I gave you 600. When um, I heard that um, your mother was celebrating uh, sister birthday, I gave you So I'm writing it down. And then when you were wedding, I gave you 1,000. I write it down. So now I am doing my 70th birthday. I will see how you will behave. <laughs> that is not love. Because I gave you because you had influence in my life. What I give you, I give because I appreciate you. What about when, what about now I'm giving you, you have a lot of money, and the time I ha- I, I'm doing something you don't have. What about that? What about that? So, your heart of giving must be a heart of love. You must give because it is blessed. It is more blessed to give. God will bless me for giving you. He will bless me through other sources too. So, that principle defies those who say to God that this seed you are going to sow today, you will have 100% recovery. Who told you that? Devil. The Bible says sow in the morning. In the night, do not hold back your hand. You do not know whether this or that will. will. A Christian should sow all the time to God, not because you are expecting something from God. Obey God and he will give you anything that you want. 
Love does not delight in evil. Verse 6. No, 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 no. Let me read verse 5. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love does not, when people come and say, I'm sorry for all what I've done, please forgive me. He doesn't say that in 2001, you did this. 1940, you did this. October 10, 2020, you did this. And um, all those things. He doesn't record wrong. He always protects. Always trusts. Always hopes. Always preserve. If I love you, if anybody slander you, I will fight that person with all my breath. There, that is slanders you. That is love. If people slander you, where you are not there and I'm there, and I care quite, I'm listening to them, I do not love you. I do not love you. You know something? You who are married, you remember, I will come and teach you about this one. I'm not teaching, I'm just concluding and say grace. I will go. Let me say this to you. If anybody run down your wife, you men, and you are looking like this, say, hmm, that is true. Satan got you. You touch my wife. It's only my life that God will deliver from your hand. I will fight you brutally. I will bite you. I will kick you. I will... You know, when the man will jump up and every part of me is attacking you. <laughs> if my wife is bad, you are not the one who will tell me. What I cannot see in my wife, you can't tell me. You know what that means? Love protects. Okay? There is nobody who God has created to be observer of another man's marriage. Are you with me now? They both saw themselves, they married and said, What's your business? If they marry themselves, leave them alone. The only thing you can give is advice for good things. Not saying, even if they come to complain, my wife is this and that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is talking now. You have already spoken. Be careful. Law protects. And the same thing with one another. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. But whether there are to- prophecies, they will cease. Whether there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there are knowledge, it will pass away. I met some Jehovah Witnesses who told me that the Bible says tongue will cease. I said, excuse me, do you understand English? He said, yeah, I'm in English. Read it again. Did that statement say tongue has ceased? He said, whether they be. He said, they will cease. And he says, but then now, it has ceased, because he says they will cease. I said, you didn't read it well. When you read Bible, read. When you read education, read with mind and your heart. Let me show you when they will cease. But he says, whether love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will cease. Whether there are tongues, they will be sealed. Whether there are knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. As perfection comes. I asked the man, are you Mr. Perfect? I can tell you, all, I'm looking at you, I can tell you what is, I don't like in the way you look. You are not perfect. When we rapture, <laughs> we will become perfect. Amen? So those gifts will remain on earth. For those who care to love God and get the Holy Spirit's gift. If you do not believe in it, Holy Spirit will never invade you. Because Holy Spirit is God himself. What you don't want, he keeps himself away. What you criticize, he will never knock your door with it. How, what you want to know of God is what you know of God. There are deeper dimensions in God until you ask for it and you turn towards it, you will never experience it. Never will you experience it. God does not just give to somebody because he wants to waste himself. Verse 11 says, When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childishness away. Come on, put childishness behind you, brothers and sisters. Now we see, but a poor reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully. Even as I am fully known, my Lord, I can't wait for rapture. And those 
And now these three remains. Hello. Faith, hope, love. But the greatest of this is love. I think those who say that tongue has been gone away with, this has been gone away, they need to read this. It said faith remains. And the book of Romans chapter 12, 4 and 5 says that he who prophesies should prophesy according to proportion of faith. So it is faith that brings prophecy. It is faith that brings gift of, of healing. It is faith that brings discernment. It is faith that brings gift of uh, wisdom. It is faith that brings the gift of uh, signs and wonders. It is faith that brings speaking in tongues. Every gift of the Holy Ghost is, 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 is produced by faith. And he says faith remains. Hope remains. Hope is a function of faith. Faith is the evidence of things not seen, and the hope of things. Faith is now the, the evidence of things not seen, and the, and the, help me. Go to Hebrews chapter, chapter 11, verse, verse 6. Hope is the substance of things not seen, and evidence of things hoped for. So, when the Bible talks about faith and hope, it's talking about the same thing. One produces the other. Hope produces faith. Faith, hope is the anchor of faith. Faith is what brings hope. And it says it remains. So, God wants us to manifest all the nine gifts. He wants us to go beyond that and become a friend of God. Because we are, re- we are withdrawing from our flesh completely. And we're becoming like the one that is born again inside us, which is the Holy Spirit of God. We are fighting our flesh daily and crucifying our flesh daily because Satan is against you and is against me. He attacks us by everything possible. He attacks you by your husband, your wife, your children, your family, everybody. He attacks you by everything possible. But when he attacks you, draw the barrier by the command of heaven, the teachings of Jesus, and he will fail. And he will not be able to stop you from the higher love which God is asking today. Let's stand up together. Father, Lord, I pray for all these, your saints, and people who are watching me all over the world. May the Spirit of Christ have place in your heart. Some of you who have been offended so much that you are so terribly hot, receive healing right now in the name of Jesus. I speak, yes, Lord, by your Spirit. The eardrum that has been affected, afflicted, pop open. In the name of Jesus. That deafness, I command it to vanish. In the mighty name of Jesus. Receive hearing back. In your ears. pre I pray your mind to be restored. Your mind to be healed. Your spirit man to be cleansed. Your soul to be purified. You will love the Lord your God with all your hearts. You will love the Lord your God with all your soul. You will love the Lord of God with all your mind and your body, your strength, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. What God hates, your body will hate. What God hates, your mind will hate. Satan will never be able to take you captive any longer, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Everyone seek under me, be healed in the name of Jesus. It does not matter how many times you have had it, now you hear it, do it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He took your infirmities. Receive brand new organs in the name of Jesus. I prophesy to your week, this week, today being the first day of the week, it shall be glorious for you. It shall be the week of signs and wonders for you. It shall be the week of visitations for you. It shall be the week of revelation for you. It shall be the week of fulfillment for you. You wake up into fulfillment tomorrow. As some have received their own Last week and over this weekend, I say your darkness shall turn to light by the morning tomorrow. By the dawn of tomorrow, your darkness shall turn to light. Confusion shall receive direction in your life in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hope is in God. I speak your hope to be realized. This week shall be full of realization of hope in the name of Jesus Christ. Abundant manifestation of God's mercy and grace. The Lord will lavish his love over you and draw you to his heart bosom. That you may see the other side of God's of love. 
so shall it be. He will strengthen you to love him. Father, we thank you. As the eyes of the girl looks to the mother and the sons look to the father, our eyes look to you, the maker of heaven and earth. In Jesus' holy name. I want to pray for people who have not accepted Jesus. If you have not accepted Jesus and you are watching me or you are here, put your hand on your chest and everyone, our eyes closed. And read this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you because you died for me. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me all my sins. And Lord, I surrender my life to you. I receive you into my heart as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' holy name.